In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, I have to give Mary credit for a joke that she published in a newsletter several months ago, because I kept thinking about this joke as I read our scriptures for this Sunday. And so the joke went something like this. All right, a pastor had dinner at the home of a couple in his church. And after he left, the wife said to the husband, hey, we're missing a spoon. I think the pastor stole our spoon. And this bothered her for a while. So a year later, the couple had the pastor for dinner again. And unable to resist, the wife asked the pastor, did you steal our spoon last year? And the pastor just quietly replied, no, I placed it inside your Bible. And I'm not interested in guilting anyone about their Bible reading habits. But our readings this morning ask us, I think, to examine the role that Scripture plays in our faith. Do we understand and embrace Scripture as that which nourishes us? Do we really believe that man does not live by bread alone? Do we hear, read, mark, learn, and meditate on the Word of God? And as our prayer of the day says, it's in taking this approach to Scripture that we can be comforted by God's promises. It's a reminder of who we are. We are the people of God's promises, promises made true through the coming of Jesus Christ. And so the scriptures then give us a witness of Christ, but also scriptures organize our lives as Christians. And again, our prayer of the day might be a familiar one. It has a name. It's called the Collect for the Word, and it dates back to at least the 17th century. But we prayed this morning, blessed Lord God, you have caused the Holy Scriptures to be written for the nourishment of your people. Grant that we may hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that comforted by your promise, we may embrace and forever hold fast to the hope of eternal life through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. In that prayer, we ask God to orient us a certain way to his word. We ask that when we come to Scripture, we would hear them, that we would read them, mark them, learn them, that we would inwardly digest them. And that's an interesting phrase, inwardly digest them. It's a reference to Psalm 1, which says, Happy are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, but their delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law they meditate day and night. The Hebrew word for meditate can be translated inwardly digest. It's supposed to give us the image of a cow chewing the cud. It's slow, deliberate, turning over and over kind of posture towards scripture. It's a posture where we carry scripture with us. We don't just quickly consume it and move on with our lives. Rather, we hold it in ourselves, and it affects us. Scripture is given to us to be an organizing text for our life. Scripture tells us the story in Jesus that gives us true meaning to our life. Scriptures reveal to us God's law. It shows us the holiness of God. It shows us our sinfulness. But scriptures also show us the promises of God to forgive our sins and to reconcile us with him forever. And for the Christian, the Bible is not just meant to be a liturgical text. It's not just meant to be a text that we hear on Sunday morning. It is that, of course, but scripture is meant to enfold our whole life. It's meant to give us direction and meaning, and most importantly, it's meant to drive us 
to God's promises. And so this is also the basic theme of our Old Testament reading this morning from Nehemiah. So we don't often hear from Nehemiah on Sunday morning, but the story of the book of Nehemiah takes place after the return of the exiled Jews from Babylon. The Persian king Cyrus allows the Jews to return to their homeland and to rebuild the city of Jerusalem that was destroyed by the Babylonians. So Nehemiah is the Jewish governor. and He's responsible for overseeing the rebuilding of the city walls. But part of the process of returning to Jerusalem for the people is to once again learn what it means to be the people of God. They have been out of the promised land for over a generation. So everything is new to them again. It's new for them. And so they developed this kind of hunger for God's word. And so they decided to gather as one, as the scripture says, as one, in a public square to have the books of Moses, the first five books of the Old Testament, read to them. And they stood and listened to the scriptures being read and interpreted all morning. And the Bible says they were eager and attentive. They had a sense that what was being given to them through scriptures was a gift. It was special. It was something that they should hold on to. And so we notice in this reading that it did not take place at the temple, did not take place at a church or a place of worship, but it happened at the water gate which was the entrance into Jerusalem that was adjacent to the city's best water supply. Right? This was a place the people in the city would have frequented to get water. And so for them, reading scripture here was a reminder to them that the scripture itself should be approached like spiritual water. It was a well that they returned to over and over to be sustained. It wasn't just a text for holidays, for the Sabbath, but there was something about scripture that they needed every day. And so as the people heard the word of God being read, Nehemiah 8.9 tells us that the people cried when they heard it. It says, together they wept loudly. And we're not told exactly why why they wept, why they cried. But I think we can read it in two different ways. First, when they hear the word of God being read and they cry, because they realized all of that, that that they missed out for a generation. They didn't have access to these scriptures for over 40 years. And so they're weeping because they've missed all the stories of God's deliverance to his people. There was so much revealed to them about God, about who they were as God's people, about their stories. They realized they missed all of that goodness. And so they cried for having missed out. The other way we can read this is that when they heard the scriptures being read, They were confronted with just how sinful they were. They had heard the law preached to them for the first time, and they realized they didn't live up to it. They realized they were not good compared to the Ten Commandments. They were weeping, knowing just how far they were away from God's holiness. They didn't live up to the law. As Jews, they had not been keeping the sacrifices or the other purity laws, and so they had missed out on being close to God. So whichever way we want to read that, the interesting thing in our reading is that Ezra then tells them not to weep. He tells them instead, go have a feast. He says, eat the best food you have. Go drink the best wine you have. Go share food with others that don't have anything to eat. He says to them, this day is holy to the Lord 
for the joy of the Lord is our strength. And this is the heart of what we should hear today about the Bible. Scripture should organize your life in such a way that it brings you to the joy of the Lord. Now, most of us do not read the Bible inwardly, digest it, learn it, and mark it as we know we ought to. And many of us have a sense of guilt that we don't always find joy in reading the Bible. You know, we don't always find Scripture to be the foundation of our life. Rather, I think we need to approach the Bible in one particular way as Christians. Scriptures are given to us to drive us to trust in God's promises through Jesus Christ. So the Lutheran confessions talk about the Bible being read as law and gospel. Right, The law in the scriptures, what tells us to do something? And the gospel in the scriptures is all that God does for us. And so as Lutherans, we say this, that all of the law in the Bible, all the passages in the Old and New Testament that tell us to do something, they make us realize how incapable of being righteous we are. None of us can live perfectly up to the Ten Commandments. None of us can be holy on our own. None of us are good on our own. None of us can read the Sermon on the Mount and say, oh yes, I do that. And all of us should know that in God's presence, we ourselves are far from being holy. And so the commandments of Scripture, the law, force us to seek the gospel. What's the good news? We realize our sinfulness. And so we have to hand it over to God and say, God, I need you to save me. I can't do this on my own. I have to trust in your grace alone. But it's at that moment, it's at that place where we hand it over to God. That's where God's word becomes our strength. That's where we can find joy in God's word. The strength we have in this world is not actually the strength we have in ourselves. Any strength we have in ourselves will falter. Instead, the strength we have comes from believing the promises of God from believing that God forgives our sins and believing that God promises eternal life. That's our strength. And so the Jews who first read the scripture after a generation away from it are told to embrace that moment as a moment of joy. Yes, they have failed. Yes, they missed out for decades. But at that moment, they also heard the promises of God. They have all the reason then to rejoice. Because God's promises are sure. His word is true. In the same way, we have the opportunity to hear the word of God in our life and to have access to it as a moment of joy. Right? Not because scripture is always easy to read, not because we perfectly can keep all its law, but because the Bible tells us the most basic truth. It proclaims the truth that God is gracious to you. And so take time then to make the Bible central in your life. See it as more than just a collection of stories, more than just a collection of rules that you'll never follow. Rather, take time to hear it, to read it, to mark it, to learn it, to chew on it, to meditate on it. Find the words of Scripture that point you to God's promises. For the joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen.